Maybe after that we need a new one in 200 year module in SAM. Maybe the regulator, the, the representatives from the regulator would like to, to think about that. Um, and, and talking about um, the regulator, we, we're very privileged to have Tion um, from the Prudential Authority here to talk to us um, in our next talk about climate change. Let me just put the slides up. Thank you. Before, before I just uh, read Tion's bio, um, I'd just like to thank him for stepping in at the last minute for another speaker who, who wasn't able to make it. So thanks very much for that. Um, Tion Henning is an analyst in the Policy, Statistics and Industry Support Department of the Prudential Authority. He holds an honors degree in actuarial science together with high certificates in big data and leadership. He worked in the short-term insurance industry for five years where he was involved in the space of pricing, reserving and capital management. And then in 2012, he found the urge to work for the insurance regulator in South Africa, which was the FSB at the time. He worked in both the actuarial risk team and the SAM project team. Tian represents the, the Prudential Authority on um, a number of initiatives, such as the Sustainable Insurance Forum, um, which is a global platform for, col for collaboration between uh, regulators. He's on the Agri Agricultural Steering Committee, which is a SAIA initiative looking into sustainability in agriculture, and the Sustainable Finance Working Group, which is a working group of the National Treasury here in South Africa. So please join me in welcoming Tian. I want to sort of thank you a lot for actually putting me in front of the bus. Um, so having a non-climate expert talking about climate change after a climate expert <laughs> talks about climate change actually makes sense now why Andres doesn't want to take this presentation. <laughs> so thanks for that. I'm going to talk a little bit about climate change and the regulatory impacts, how we see it. Um, and then this presentation is a little bit more insurance focused, but I guess uh, the concepts actually will apply similarly to the rest of the financial sector. So just running through the agenda quickly. So I'm going to do an introduction. This is one of those presentations where the introduction is half of the presentation. Um, and then I'm going to talk about the relevance uh, for us as regulators and then how potentially can we respond to climate change through supervisory practice. I'm going to conclude, and if there's time, I'm going to thank you for listening to me. <laughs> All right, so in the actuarial profession, we often hear talks about sweating the company's assets, you know, squeezing the last drop of return out of those assets. What we do not often hear about is actually how the actions of the companies are actually, um, are actually squeezing or are actually sweating the planet and how it actually sometimes indirectly squeezes the life out of it. So and I guess that's the questions that we probably need to ask. Before I jump into that though, I would like to just quickly show you a quick video, um, just to set the scene, after which I will then continue.
right. So although this presentation is uh, what was focusing a lot about uh, on health, I guess you can see that the same will apply to the other sector, sectors in insurance. Um, all right, just moving on to my presentation. All right, so the World Economic Forum's Global Risk Report for 2019 ranks environmental risks as the top five global risks. If you look at the likelihood and impact, in terms of likelihood, it's actually considered the top three global risks, or dominating the top three global risks. In terms of impact, it's actually also dominating the top five global risks. So in terms of extreme weather events and natural disasters, there we're talking about floods, storms, earthquakes, and so on. And then the failure of adapting to the change. Um, so the failure of governments and businesses to enforce or enact effective measures to mitigate uh, the risk that climate change brings. Um, and also to protect populations, health businesses impacted uh, by climate change to actually adapt. So just a couple of pointers. I mean, 18 of the last, 18 of the 19 warmest years on record have occurred since 2001. So I, I, I was just thinking while I was sitting there, it would be a slightly awkward if some of these things contradicts what was said before me. So <laughs> luckily it follows the same sort of story. Um, so in terms of, in terms of those years, 2019 could prove to be the warmest year ever recorded on Earth. Actually, June 2019 is the warmest month ever recorded on Earth. So there is actually a shift in terms of temperatures. So uh, maybe just a quick joke on Hermann's presentation. So obviously, he's trying to climb the five snow leopards. It might be the five leopards um, in a couple of years' times. Um, evidence suggests that climate change is influencing the frequency and severity of weather-related catastrophes. So I think we've heard from the previous speaker as well that this is, this is actually the case. And it's not just that, but it's also the increase, increased concentration in risk exposures. And that is a, a real concern for the insurance industry. I mean, insurance companies have had record-breaking claims. Reinsurance is getting more and more expensive. Insurance premiums are getting more and more expensive. Insurance is built on risk pooling. If those risk pools decrease, you know, what is that going to do for us? The widening of risk protection gaps, especially among the, the lower income markets. So that is a real concern. And then we have increasing pressure of actually moving to a low carbon economy. Quite a difficult task for South Africa to do, given that most of our things come from carbon intensive operations. So why is this relevant, relevant for us as regulators? Well, if I take it one step above the Insurance Act, I did say this is a little bit of an insurance flavor, but if I started the FISRA that looks at the financial sector, the regulated financial sector, you can see there it talks about a stable financial system, interest, uh, interest of financial customers, balance and sustainable growth, financial stability, safety and soundness of institutions, the fair treatment and protection of financial customers, efficiency and integrity of the financial system, prevention of crime, financial inclusion, transformation, and confidence in the financial system. This is a, quite a number of big words. And as you can imagine from my previous slides, you know, most of these are actually directly influenced by what we see. Okay, so I can basically take all of those things and just translate it in three big blocks. So on the one hand, we look at microprudential solvency. In the middle block, we're looking at this access 
to, to uh, access and affordability of insurance. And on the block on the right, we look at macroprudential stability. I'm not going to talk to the last two blocks as my presentation is supposed to be squeezed in three minutes. So, but I'm gonna spend a little bit of time on that, on that first block. So just looking at the risk that climate change brings. So they usually refer to physical risk and transition risk. There's also an element of liability risk in there. So physical risk is the direct impact of these uh, events that actually occurs. Uh, property damages, things like that. Also subsequent uh, damages to supply chains. Um, also resource scarcity, which is also becoming quite a big issue. Um, and then on the transition side, obviously we, as South Africa, signed the Paris Agreement in 2016. Um, you would have seen the enactment of the Carbon Tax Bill, so which is now the Carbon Tax Act. It's effective from 1 June 2019. It, started, it starts to actually impose uh, carbon tax or tax on carbon-intensive operations. So what is the potential financial implications? You can see there production, operation disruptions, supply chain disruptions, physical damages to assets, uh, changes in resources, changes in the demand of products and services, also the loss of life, um, and also obviously health as, as depicted in that uh, short video that you saw. So these are all things where insurance actually plays a role. So it actually affects us directly. So. How can we potentially respond to climate change? Well, firstly, we probably need a regulatory framework that's forward-looking, preemptive, proactive, outcomes-focused, outcomes risk-based, proportional, comprehensive, consistent, in, intensive, intrusive, and aligned with international standards. So in terms of, of forward-looking, um, we obviously need to think about the future, and we need to plan for the future appropriately. In terms of preemptive and proactive, you know, we have to have the ability to avoid or manage existing and emerging risks and help to adapt quickly. Uh, Principle-based, you know, so you can't actually catch anything uh, or catch everything with rules. So you have to have some principles that underlie it. Risk-based and proportional, we have to focus our energy and resources there where the risks are, but we actually have to understand and identify the risks first. It has to be proportional. Um, it has to be a proportional approach and it has to be comprehensive and consistent. It must actually try and capture all the relevant risks that that uh, something like climate change actually brings to the insurance sector. Intrusive and intensive, it just allows us to ask more questions and understand it better. So in the regulatory space, we are also not climate experts. Okay, so we have a mandate to fulfill, so it's our job to actually go and understand what is happening in the market, go and understand what companies are actually doing um, about these things. And then just to say that we are not doing this just because we can, we actually align to international standards. So I'm not going to go through this slide in detail, but because we're a member of the IAIS, uh, we have to adhere to the insurance core principles, the ICPs. So, so the ICPs is basically a framework that is set for all the members of the IAIS to actually adhere to. Those principles in that framework um, is then built into our local legislations which is basically made up of the FISRA, uh, which is the enabling legislation. And under that, you have the insurance legislation, the Insurance Act, as well as the standards, as well as guidance notes. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the three pillars that you probably would have seen a lot uh, from previous presentations over the last seven, eight years. So we're following this same approach where we have the three pillars. So where will climate change actually feature in these three pillars? It will actually feature in all of the, these three pillars. 
So pillar one, looking at the quantitative requirements, trying to quantify the risks that insurance companies are actually facing. Pillar two, that's looking at risk management and governance. And then pillar three, looking at the reporting. Re the reporting is a very important element for us because it enables us to actually track these risks over time. So this will be actually, I think, one of the pillars where you'll start to see a lot more developing over the next uh, year or so. Um, and then obviously pillar two, I'll talk a little bit about that uh, when we get there. But what I've done is I've just sort of highlighted some of the standards that would probably be most affected or applicable when it comes to climate change and the risk it brings to the, to the sector. So if you look at the valuation of assets and liabilities, so the repricing of your assets, your carbon intensive assets, I mean, are those, you know, are those still sort of the value that you expect them to be? Your liabilities, you might be offering insurance products uh, to, to carbon intensive sectors. What are those sectors going to look like in five or 10 years time? So there we look at FSI 2, 2.1 and 2.2, which looks at the valuation of assets and liabilities as well as the valuation of technical provisions. Um, in terms of those standards, currently I, I probably see little change in the sense that it is sort of set up at a very high level, consists of principle-based approaches to cash flow modeling and things like that. So you need to consider whether your cash flow models are still applicable, whether the assumptions you actually make in those models are reflective of the actual risk. And then probably what's going to be more affected is the capital requirement standards. So FSI 4, looking at the SCR, 4.1 market risk, 4.2 life underwriting risk, and 4.3 non-life underwriting risk. What we're probably going to need to ask ourselves is, are those calibrations still appropriate? Are the parameters appropriate? Are the stresses appropriate? Do we need to change methodology? Do we need to recalibrate? These are all questions that we probably would need to answer as soon as we know um, a lot more. In terms of your, your risk management and governance, so I've highlighted a couple there. So uh, governance and operational standard two, which deals with governance and corporate culture. So in that case, you have the board as the ultimate responsibility for the sound management of an insurance company. Um, so obviously, the board needs to set strategy and make sure that's, that the strategy is actually lived. So how is that strategy going to change, given our buildup of knowledge in terms of climate change? Probably something we need to consider. In terms of senior management, I would like to highlight two items there. So they are required to promote sound risk management, compliance, and fair treatment of customers. So sound risk management, and they need to promote strong risk management and internal controls. So what is climate change and the risk that climate change brings going to do to your risk management framework? Um, do you, and that brings me actually to the next one, which is GOI 3, which is risk management and internal controls. So risk management and internal controls for insurers, uh, it requires you to have an enterprise-wide risk management system. It consists of a strategy might change or might be influenced by some of the things you, you see from a climate change front. Your risk management policies, um, are they wide enough? Are they applicable? You know, do they cater for, for, for you to actually look at these type of risks? Risk management procedures and tools, this is probably where there's going to be a, a large sort of uh, change. Uh, the ability for you to identify, assess, monitor, mitigate, manage, all of those nice things, all the risk related to climate change and specifically to your environment um, as an insurance company, an effective system of internal controls, and then a risk governance structure. Okay, to obviously take all of these things through. 
And then 3.1, which is quite an important one. And this is the one where you basically tell the regulator your story. This is your ORSA. So your own risk insolvency assessment. So obviously there, um, you know, you might want to think about considering including something on climate change and climate risk and how you see that actually materializing for your organizations. Um, this is a very important document for the regulator as it gives another perspective um, to, the, to what we see in Pillar 1, which is just the sort of the quantification of risk for the standard insurer or the average insurer, which actually doesn't exist. All right, and then where you'll probably see a lot more um, airtime is on Pillar 3, which is sort of the, the quantitative requirements and the qualitative requirements. We'll probably uh, start to introduce some reporting requirements in the next year or so to actually start to familiarize ourselves with climate change and climate change risks, maybe include um, uh, a little bit of mandatory reporting in that sense. Obviously, the OSA reports, um, you know, we already see some insurance companies actually including stuff on climate change in their, in their OSAs. So I think we're probably going to see an increase in that. And then public disclosures. I think public disclosures, um, I don't want to speak a lot about that now. I don't think that is something that will happen imminently. Um, I don't think that's probably something that will happen over the next year or so. But eventually, yes, I think uh, this probably would be something that would be under consideration. So if we look at our supervisory tools that we use to actually supervise companies, um, the ones highlighted in orange there is probably the ones that will be affected the most uh, initially by climate change. So during on-site visits, during on-site visits, we might need to ask a lot more questions uh, to, to senior management and the board. During off-site visits, as I said, as soon as we get more reporting in, learning a lot more about climate change, we will do a lot more off-site supervision of that as well, of that risk, and then trying to understand it a little bit more. And then industry risk analysis. What is this looking like for the industry? The ones that sort of uh, a slight uh, fadish orange is the ones where you can find some, some changes re relating to climate change, but it's not, it's, it's probably uh, the ones that'll be, it's more targeted, if I, if I can say it like that. And then investigations, obviously, probably the least at this point, unless there's an investigation regarding uh, climate change. Um, I've also included this slide, which just shows you a summary of those three blocks that I was referring to, the relevance, as well as the potential supervisory responses. I'm not gonna go into this, uh, you're welcome to just read it. In terms of international representation, the bank actually, the SOP, the wider SOP, so not the PA, actually became a member of the NGFS, the Network for Greening the Financial System. Um, I'm not going to go into what they actually do, but it's quite relevant in the sense that they share practices and so on. And I think um, all of the, most of the, the countries, especially the large countries, are all on on this page. Um, the PA is also a member of SIF, which is the Sustainable Insurance Forum. It's also a forum of supervisors and regulators sharing experiences and actions. And they actually do do a lot in terms of publications. So there's been a couple of outputs already from the SIF, the issues paper on climate change and what it brings, the risk that it brings to the insurance sector. And they're also now working on an issues paper on climate risk assessment and disclosure, um, focusing on TCFD implementation. So the Financial Stability Board's Task Force for Climate-Related Financial Disclosures. Um, you would have seen recently that we've sent out a survey as the PA to all insurance companies. Um, so obviously all of those information will feature into this report and will be re released hopefully by the end of this year. 
And then we've got the Financial Stability Board, obviously TCFD, that's got a couple of papers that's also quite interesting if you would like to know a little bit more about disclosures uh, on, on climate-related items. So I guess to conclude, um, well, firstly, just to say that climate change is not new. So climate change has been around for thousands of years. I guess what is new is the fact that over the last 20 years, human activity has changed the way that climate change usually occurs. And I think that is creating all the problems for us and all the risks. And we don't understand enough. Uh, and that's why we need to actually upskill ourselves. So climate change is not only a regulator's problem. It's not only a private sector's problem. It's not only a public sector's problem. It's actually each and every citizen of South Africa's problem. So it's our problem. And we have to solve this complicated puzzle piece by piece. So may our actions reflect a better picture through the eyes of future generations, and may we leave behind a world that future generations can be proud of, a world that will enhance and sustain the standard of living. And then I'm going to leave you with this last thought. As clear as mud. Are we too shell-shocked after climate change? Okay, Tian, thank you so much. Okay,